This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom software for budgeting and planning by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, the official podcast of the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission for this podcast is to ask chief business officers to reflect on their careers, share personal examples of the ways they have navigated challenging situations, and offer some lessons that they've learned from their experience as a CBO. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for being here today. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I'm very excited to be joined today by Karen Vanderhoof, who's Vice President of Business and Finance at County College of Morris in Randolph, New Jersey. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Megan. Well, to get us started today, I was hoping you could share a little bit about how you came to higher ed as a profession. Well, actually, I've been in higher ed um, my entire career. I interned at Deloitte Haskins and Sells, which is, I'm dating myself, um, and decided that corporate America was not the path I wanted to take. So I was hired as an accountant for the Centenary College. I worked there for seven years, and then from there, I transferred to the County College of Mars as Director of Budget and Business Services, and I've been at the County College of Mars since. So for 27 years, I've been at the County College of Mars in different capacities, now ending up as the Vice President for Business and Finance. Wow, that is an impressive tenure. And it's, it's been wonderful. It sounds like it. You <laughs> must like it if you've stayed all these years. So what was it um, that you did not particularly care for about corporate America that you found different in higher ed and and that compelled you to stay for all these years? You know, the environment at on a college campus is just so different from corporate America. It's not as cutthroat. Um, it's more rewarding. You get to really see how you impact student lives. It's just a better all-around fit for me. I wonder if you can talk a little bit through your your tenure uh, as a business officer in a university setting. Um, have there been professional mentors that have helped you along the way or that helped you kind of stay the path or grow your own path in higher ed? Absolutely. The former vice president for business and finance definitely took me under his wing, as did the vice president for academic affairs at the County College of Mars, who really encouraged me to um, you know, get master's degrees and position myself to move up the ladder. And they saw leadership um, skills in me and thought I'd be a great fit for the institution. Also, outside of County College of Mars, I was able to get involved with the Eastern and the National Association of College and University Business Officers. And from there, I was fortunate to have mentors as well, um, people like John Palmucci. Uh, Lynn Schaefer, and other uh, business officers. Can you think of any specific lessons outside of career guidance and higher educational guidance, any specific lessons that you learned from any of those mentors that you kind of keep with you as as you go about your daily work? Um, You know, relationships matter. 
and no matter who you're addressing or working with, everybody deserves the same level of respect. And when you treat people just as, you know, human beings, then you really, I think, really get them to support you. As it as it relates to somebody that might be early in their career and they have their sights set on a business officer position or maybe just a leadership position in higher ed, any advice you might have for them, somebody who's more of a, at a junior level at this point in their career? I think they really need to focus on their soft skills, conflict resolution, change management, building strong teams, things that you don't necessarily get in a textbook. And how would you recommend they do that? Uh, leadership academies, being involved in associations, um, you know, that teach different uh, skill sets than you would get in a, a college setting. And, you know, find themselves a mentor, somebody that will be truthful and give them candid feedback about how they're doing, how they can approach different situations, how they can reframe uh, a situation to get buy-in. Karen, when you look at the next generation of upcoming or potential CBOs, what do you see? Is there a, a defining characteristic or things you're seeing in that generation that is maybe a little bit different from your own? Um, a lot of them just like to be tied to a device. And you really can't be tied to a device because relationships matter. So they really have to be able to work collaboratively in teams. They need to be able to cross divisional lines and work as a core group to move an organization forward. So, you know, just the mentoring is really important so that they can see why those skills are important. Karen, when you're looking for new team members to add to your own team, what types of qualities do you tend to look for? Is there anything that you've found really helps somebody succeed in positions um, on your team and your organization? For me, the biggest thing is um, honesty. People have to be ethical. That's the number one quality that I look for. And other things can be developed. But a strong work ethic, somebody who's not afraid to take chances, those are qualities that I look for more so than just can they do the job. Honesty seems like a tough one to look for, especially initially, um, maybe in an interview. H how do you how do you get to that point of knowing how you know what their integrity level is, if you will? Um, I try to ask open ended questions in an interview um, and pose a situation where they would have to make a choice on a situation and see which way they go. It's true that you can't. There's no crystal ball. It is a hard piece to uh, tease out. Looking back on your career to date, can you think of an example of something you might have done a little bit differently in your role as a CBO? I would have gotten my degrees out of the way a lot sooner. <laughs> really? Talk about that. <laughs> Going back to school when you've been out of it for 15 years and doing it at night is is a harder call to do, especially as you move up the ladder and the demands of the job are a lot more, um, mm -hmm. you know. I would have done it earlier. So any advice that I would give is get all that out of the way and then focus on your soft skills down the road and, you know, continue your lifelong learning, but through associations and leadership academies, but you know, get the degrees out of the way first. Makes sense. That's very practical advice. <laughs> 
Talk a little bit about your role today. What are you doing in your job that you find very exciting? Um, I find capital projects to be very exciting. We're currently building an advanced manufacturing and engineering building and being able to work with community members, um, advisory groups, and uh, economic development staff in the county to really build the future for our students and for our community is very exciting. You know, you can see it's bricks and mortar, but you know that the impact on the economy and on our students is going to be phenomenal. So I find that to be exciting. Talk a little bit about the role that you see your organization playing within your larger community and the types of things that you see as being important for its long-term sustainability moving forward. Yeah, community colleges play a unique role in their counties. And we not only educate our students with open access and equity, but we're actually a huge resource for the community at large. So Part of our mission is also to have lifelong learning and to help develop the skills and the job requirements that our local businesses and industries require. So having open communication with the local community, inviting them on our campus, letting them see what resources we have and how we can partner to make the county a better place to live in, to develop industry is very important. Can you think of a specific example that might bring that to life? Uh, Right now, uh, the advanced manufacturing um, and engineering facility is one of those. We have over 700 small businesses and industries in the county alone that focus on advanced manufacturing, and they just don't have the pipeline of employees that they need. And we're considering moving out of the county. So having these conversations, developing um, curriculum, and then building the facilities that they can come in and get the certifications that they need and and the pipeline of employees that they need is extremely important. So we've been able to um, convince them to stay in the county through these conversations with the Morris County Economic Development Company, Morris County Chamber of Commerce, and us. What do you think a four-year institution could learn from the community college? What do you guys do at the community college level that's working for our economy today, for people's schedules that maybe four-year institutions could could take a page from your book? I think we are a little bit more flexible and adaptable to meeting the needs. Um, we can react more quickly to the needs of our community than some of the four-year colleges have been able to. So um, if they could take a page from us as being more responsive um, and open to change. Karen, what are you doing now in your career that you never imagined you'd be doing maybe 10 or even 20 years ago? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Besides a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think the diversity of a chief business officer's uh, job requirements has really expanded exponentially. You know, we're not just sitting behind doing number crunching. Uh, We're expected to manage multiple areas of the college, from public safety, capital projects, plant maintenance, human resources, IT, environmental issues, marketing, media, auxiliary services, strategic planning, all of those things. Um, You know, it's such a diverse role. Some of those things like marketing and, you know, I know more about environmental issues than I ever thought I would. So those type of things (laughs) um, I never would have planned on 
10 years ago. And of those things, what are your favorites? Like, what are the things you never expected to be doing that you actually really enjoy doing? Well, I definitely enjoy the the capital projects, um, strategic planning. Uh, I truly enjoy as well. Just being very, very collaborative with you know the other areas of the college is essential. So you know, there's no more silos um, anymore in order for you to be a highly functioning institution um, and to have transformative leadership. You really have to work collaboratively across all areas of the institution, and I've really enjoyed that. You just used the term transformative leadership. Can you talk a little bit about more more about what that means to you? It really means to me that you have to be out there. You have to listen to the concerns of um, your campus. You have to listen to the concerns and fears of your other peers across the cabinet level. And then you really have to be able to be bold and honest, promote change. And not be afraid to take chances, not be afraid to empower your people. You have to be able to say, it's okay if you make a mistake. Let's figure out why it didn't work and let's move on or try something differently. So, and be in lockstep, you know, with where the college is going in in support of its mission. Can you think of an example of a time that you took a chance that maybe was a little bit of a calculated risk that either paid off or didn't for you? We developed an incubator. Uh, for technology transfer. We have a unique situation where we have a arsenal, an army arsenal in our backyard. And they were on the brag list and asked us to come up with an incubator to transform high-level research. So we actually formed an incubator that really didn't benefit the institution too much because we're a community college. We don't have students who would benefit from you know, that high level research. But we took a chance and we developed the incubator and it's, you know, it's still in existence uh, to today. Karen, if you were retiring tomorrow, what would you want your successor to know? Expect the unexpected. (laughs) Don't uh, expect to have a lot of time to do hands-on work that you're really uh, involved in a ton of meetings, high level discussions. That finance touches every area of the institution. And um, most importantly, um, your integrity is your most important asset. So never compromise that or lose that or you're finished. That's great advice. Karen, what would you say is the biggest opportunity that faces all CBOs today? I can think of a gazillion challenges, but... uh... Well, why don't we start with those? Let's talk about the challenges first, then we can talk about the opportunities. Um, you know, our industry, I think, is in the crossroads right now with legislative uh, changes, the value of a higher education being questioned. Uh, we've seen hundreds of colleges, public and privates, close uh, the declining demographics. So I think there's a lot of challenges where we have to rethink our business models. We have to look at different revenue streams for the institution and whether that's on the non-credit side of the house or the partnership side with other entities. But we really have to rethink our business model. So I guess that's an opportunity also that if you can come up with a great new business model to make your institution viable and healthy for the long run. That's a huge opportunity for you to to shine. 
Karen, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that I've neglected to ask today? Have fun in your job. It's so important that you take time out to laugh. Is that something you try to do with your team? Always. Yeah, <laughs> always. If you don't have fun and every day's a grind, then nobody wants to come to work. So it's really important that you figure out what really matters and people really matter. And your team needs to know you care about them. And then they'll reciprocate tenfold. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for your time today and for sharing just a little bit of your insights and experience with our listeners. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me on your show. You can find out more about Karen and today's episode by visiting conferences and e-learning section of nakubo.org. Then click podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Karen and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom software for budgeting and planning by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education.